You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, all, and welcome to another fascinating A's Plus Giant Splash Joint Podcast. Featuring me, Giants beat reporter Henry Schulman, and A's beat reporter Susan Slusser. You folks asked for more Susan and Henry together, so here we are with our second annual Five Questions podcast. Each year, we ask the five key questions for both teams heading into spring training, which begins next week in Arizona. We have it all written up, too, and you can read our stories uh, on the A's and the Giants' five questions in the San Francisco Chronicle or on sfchronicle.com. Susan, how are you? Are you ready for Arizona? I never am. It always sneaks up on me. Yeah, the, the packing seems to get harder and harder every year. You'd think it would get easier. I, I've turned from a fairly competent packer into an incompetent one. I'll be there. I might not have socks or pens or something <laughs> I, I, I need, but I, I guess we're all probably like that. Yeah, I just, you know, need a bib for all those ribs we're eating and steak and all that stuff that people yeah, think we do down there. Speak for yourself. Yeah. I'm a non-meat eater of that's, the two. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, so um, if you, if uh, the listeners remember the format from last year, uh, Susan and I have written up the five key questions for both teams. We're going to ask each other the questions. And um, in the spirit of the Super Bowl, uh, if, if it's not uh, too painful for 49ers fans, I'm actually going to flip a coin to see who asks the first question uh, to the other person, and uh, Susan, uh, since uh, I, I called you, um, you're the visitor, uh, why don't you call heads or tails? Tails. And it is heads, so... Uh, How do I know this is accurate? I cannot see you. Well, can't you hear the difference between a heads and a tails? Okay. Um, so, uh, I defer and I want the ball in the second... No, I will ask you the first question. Um, Phenomenal. So here we go. The, the fifth key question uh, heading into the season for the A's, and of course these are quite different. These are two teams in quite different places right now. The A's are a 97-win team trying to win 100 and uh, going into the uh, season uh, all pretty much set. The Giants are going to lose 100 games based on what all the fans think. Um, so these are going to be far different questions, I think. Number, far different. Far, number five uh, for the A's, can the team take steps during the spring to avoid another slow start? You know, it's funny, Henry. This is a, 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 the entire 23 years I've covered the A's. This has been their trend. They are late starters, but it's particularly been exacerbated the last two years. Each of the last two years from mid-June on, the A's have been the best team in baseball. Before that, they've put themselves in a little bit of a hole. So I think the feeling around the team is get going better, you know, add maybe an extra five wins to the total, and, and maybe that gets you the division. But, uh, you know, easier said than done. Are there steps you can take during the spring? Um, sure, spring helps with decision making. Um, you know, maybe if you have, a, have more defensive drills or um, situational hitting drills, the, the A's offense maybe doesn't like completely collapse as it did in the last week of the season. Um, but you, you know what? The A's are the A's. I have a feeling they will follow their usual ho hum start and killer end. Yeah, you know what's funny about that too? I remember that, uh, you know, when Felipe Alou managed the A's. 
uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the A's, the uh, Expos. Uh, I mean, his teams were always so young, and they always came out of the gate strong. Uh, and uh, I mean, even in spring training, and the Giants were like an old, stodgy team, and. Uh, you know, we, we always just assumed that younger teams would get out of the gate faster. I mean, a lot of, a lot of those guys played winter ball. Uh, they just kind of get their bodies in shape quicker. And it's funny to hear an A's team that is still fairly young uh, in a lot of spots having trouble out of the gate and, you know, being sort of like me where, you know, I have to be up two hours and have eight cups of coffee before I can get going. Well, here's, here's one um, theory that actually kind of maybe bears some water is that uh, – the A's have so much turnover typically in off seasons, you know, that you're spending maybe the first few weeks getting adjusted to each other still because of the turnover. And the interesting thing this year is almost no turnover. So that might be the one thing that, that uh, gets them going a little started. Now, Henry, it seems to me at, at mid season every year, we, we talk about, you know, potential deals. And last year, we talked about maybe the A's looking at Giants relievers, specifically Smith and Watson, like everybody was. Those guys are gone now. I suspect maybe question number five involves the bullpen. Yeah, for the Giants. Actually, Watson has, uh, came back. I mean, that's an interesting story. He had a player option, and uh, he was, I think, all in, intent on uh, exercising it, and then he fractured his finger uh, trying to tag a runner in St. Louis. Uh, so he really didn't have any other choice. He exercised the option, and he's going to be back. I mean, this is this is an interesting question to me because uh, the bullpen was, uh, I mean, really the Giants' downward, downward spiral really began after uh, they lost uh, the playoff game to the Cubs in 2016 when uh, they couldn't save a 5-2 lead going into the ninth inning. So it, they signed Melanson, and that just sort of started the cascade. Uh, downward, uh, and now we're back to square one. Nobody really knows who is going to close for the Giants. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people know who the relievers are for the Giants uh, this year, and I mean, it is going to be Tony Watson, uh, the one veteran. They also signed uh, uh, Jerry Blevins, the former athletic, um, another left-hander, and then they just have a lot of youth in the bullpen, uh, and uh, it's guys, Some a lot of guys they tried out uh, last year. Uh, and, uh, I mean, guys like uh, Sean Anderson, who was a starter-turned-reliever. Uh, you have uh, Jandel Gustave, uh, Sam Coonrod. These are not household names, but I think the Giants are going to have to find some 7th, 8th, and ninth inning uh, outs, get some outs from, from some of these guys. They, they got a Rule 5 game, uh, guy named Danny Martinez. Um, uh, who throws, uh, you know, in the high 90s. I mean, he's, he's a candidate as well. Uh, Melvin Adon, who's a prospect for the Giants, uh, who also throws in the high 90s. So the Giants have a lot of these guys uh, who, who really can bring it. Uh, and uh, there, there really is no uh, kind of rhyme or reason, uh, as we know it right now, who's going to pitch when. Um, and I, the reason I think this is an important question, even though the Giants are, are not going to win um, the division this year, they're not going to go into the playoffs, they very well might have their fourth straight losing season. So you might think, well, what does it matter? Well, you know what? It's going to be a long season as it is probably with a, a lot of um, youth and fits and starts and, uh, you know, some bad stretches. But I tell you what, if the Giants do get leads, 3-2, to 5-4, to four, whatever, and they can't find somebody to consistently close them, in the ninth inning, that is really going to make it a long season. I couldn't even tell you who the incumbent is right now. Um, it could be Tony Watson. It it could be uh, Sean Anderson. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the good thing for the A's, of course, is we, we know now who their closer is going to be. But who the heck's going to catch for this team as we go into 
uh, question four for the four key questions for the A's. I mean, are they going to add a veteran catcher? You know, I checked in with Nick Hundley the other day to see if maybe he might be talking to. It's gonna. It would. If they do, Henry. It, it certainly would be somebody on a minor league contract invite to spring training, kind of mentor the young catchers, Murphy and Holm and Austin Allen. Uh, much like the A's did two years ago with Jonathan Lucroy, who's incidentally is still out there, but I think he's talking to other teams. The best bet for me is if the A's really do want to add a veteran to help a AAA, give them some depth, maybe mentor some of the young guys, uh, is that it's somebody that they will pick up toward the end of spring training, maybe as other teams are making tough decisions. But it, it is one unusual. The A's have very few, as we said, almost no turnover. Very unusual in that respect, but the catching spot right now is so young. To me, I do think you might want somebody in there to give those kids a, a little bit of a, you know, a taste of some of the experience and be able to ask some, answer some questions. Of course, the A's coaching staff is full of catchers, including Bob Melvin. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, you know, you, uh, the A's still could sign Hundley. He could spend four days a week in his new job uh, as, a, <laughs> as, a, as a league office disciplinarian and, uh, and, and stuff like that, which he just did the other day. And then he could spend the, uh, the other couple of days, uh, you know, getting a few at-bats for the A's, just like he did last year. Yeah, uh, I think that that work work out. In, in that case, he, he could actually also go back to the Giants, too, then, right? I mean, just do that part time. Who... Uh, it would be phenomenal if guys could do that, just pop in and out. Yeah. Uh, so, Henry, uh, for you, um, the, you, you talked about the Giants being a little bit of a different situation from the, from the A's and from different from what we're used to with the Giants. But is there anybody on the roster that maybe you expect some positive, like a, a wild card kind of guy? For yeah. Question number four. Yeah, I, I, I hated to, to write the words wild card into print because I think somebody scanning the story might think I'm predicting the Giants are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not quite there yet. But, yeah, I think the Giants do have a wild card. Uh, and, and to me, that's Alex Dickerson. Uh, this is a guy the Giants got for you know practically nothing uh, last year. And, uh, I mean, he came out of the shoot and had a six-RBI game for the Giants with a couple of homers in Arizona. Uh, I mean, he enamored himself to the fans right away. The problem with Dickerson, as anybody who's followed him knows, is he cannot stay on the field. He's, he's a guy who's constantly hurt. Um, and I mean, he's like one of those guys you look at and go, wow, if you could get 500 at-bats out of this guy, um, he, he, could, he could put up MVP caliber numbers. And uh, right now, Alex Dickerson is completely healthy. Last year uh, after, I mean, he's 29 years old. Uh, you know, last year he hit 290. Uh, he had a an OPS of almost 900, but it was only 171 plate appearances because the injuries cropped up again. Um, and, uh, you know, this time it was a, a lat issue, a side, a side issue, and then he tried to compensate for it, and he hurt the other lat. So they put him on a, on a program to try and, uh, you know, I don't know, make him more flexible or whatnot so, so we wouldn't get hurt. And, you know, I mean, if, if they could get three or 400 at-bats out of Dickerson, I'm not, not, we're not going to shoot for the moon here with 600 at-bats. If they could get three or 400 at-bats out of Dickerson, um, and he could put up, you know, even remotely the kind of numbers they had, I mean, that answers a, a huge question for the, you know, for the middle of the lineup for the Giants. And that, of course, is what, you know, freaks out the fans the most. I will say there's another wild card in, in a different way is uh, Johnny Cueto because, I mean, he's supposedly completely healthy from Tommy John surgery. He, he did come back toward the end of last year, but you really, I mean, don't know exactly 
how many innings you're going to be able to get from him. I mean, even the organization wants to kind of wait and see. Uh, I don't think he's going to get the 200 innings that uh, he's accustomed to getting. But, you know, again, if they can get him 150, 160, 170 innings, and he's somewhat like the Johnny of old, that will help them. Um, that will, I mean, it'll help. It'll help them avoid 100 losses, maybe help them avoid 90 losses. And um, we alluded to this, uh, to the Giants' bullpen. This is like the one, the one question that um, both the you and I had, really, is, is the bullpen. And I mean, that's always an important question, uh, Susan, for any team, really. But I think especially for a team that has playoff aspirations like the A's. So your number three key question um, for the 2020 season is, what will the bullpen look like? Yeah, and it is, uh, you know, I think the A's do have a lot of guys coming back, including Liam Hendricks as a closer. He saved the A's bacon last year and was an all-star in the process when Blake Trinan went south, but Trinan's gone. Um, Ysmero Petit, everyone's favorite sort of do-everything reliever, is back, which is a, he's a huge anchor there. So I don't think the bullpen is necessarily a major question mark or problem area, but you'll remember two years ago that that was the A's strength bullpen. And last year was a it was a struggle with Trinan and Lou Trevino in particular, really having a tough time of it. Lou Trevino, coming back for his third now big league season, he's a big question mark. You know, can he get back into a setup role? And uh, it, the A's were hopeful of that last year, and he made some adjustments here and there, but just never got on track. So he will be one interesting um, guy to look at, and then. Chris Bassett, if he doesn't wind up in the rotation, which it looks like he won't right now, can he be kind of a swing man? Is he a six-star? Uh, he uh, and Daniel Mingdon are both out of options. The bullpen looks like maybe a, the only possibility for either one of them right now. And what happens there? So there are some interesting things potentially going on in the A's bullpen. It's really one of the few areas where they don't have a, an absolute kind of set idea what they're doing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, before you ask me my number three question, I mean, interesting, Farhan Zaidi had an interesting take on this uh, when we talked to him the other day. Um, he said that the new rule that requires, uh, will require relievers to p- face at least three hitters might change the way the Giants actually look at the uh, bullpen in the later innings. Uh, and instead of having a bunch of one-inning guys, you might have more guys who can throw two full innings, three full innings, and sort of alternate them in and out because the theory being if you have to have these guys face three batters anyway, uh, you might as well uh, sort of expend them for the rest of the game uh, and, and then just you know maybe count on somebody else the next day. Of course, you have to have enough arms, uh, durable enough arms to do something like that, which, he, which is why he said uh, that during spring training, even the guys who were quote-unquote short relievers, uh, they're going to be extended out in spring training so they can throw two to three innings. And then sort of at the end of spring, they'll kind of decide which guys they might want for that role and which guys that they might want to refine because ultimately you're going to need maybe somebody to come in uh, in a high leverage situation in the eighth and ninth inning. And uh, I would imagine that the A's are, are probably going to do something a little similar. Um, makes you wonder, you know, guys like uh, Tony Watson and, and, and Jerry Blevins who, you know, have been specialists throughout the years. kind of makes you wonder about, uh, you know, how they're going to cope. Yeah, definitely. But, of course, you'll always need left-handers, even if they're, you know, Jerry Blevins has always kind of been a loogie guy, but um, – yeah, he's he's savvy enough and been around enough that I think he can handle a, a one-inning type role. But that's exactly why the A's re-signed Jake Diekman, is he is a left-hander who can 
work at least right. an inning, an inning plus. Um, but the A's are in great shape with that rule. You know, you, they use Merrill, not Petit, not only can pitch multiple innings, he can pitch multiple innings every day. And then maybe add in a Bassett or a Mangton or both of them if you do go a little long. Not necessarily piggybacking, um, which has been suggested as something the A's might do. But, uh, yeah, so some creative bullpen usage. I think we'll see that on both sides. Now, uh, the Giants do have familiar names left, of course, um, some of their stars of the past. Henry, your question number three um, is about those guys. Yeah, what can the Giants expect from Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belt, and Buster Posey, especially offensively? Um, right now, uh, the answer, according to all the fans, uh, all winter, is nothing, because they're done. Uh, and uh, <laughs> when Gabe Kapler came aboard uh, in uh, as manager of the Giants, he said, I don't believe they're done. Now, of course, he's going to be managing them. I don't know what else he could say. But um, the the Giants have theory that all three of these guys uh, have more in the tank offensively than they've shown in the last uh, few years, couple of years. Now, Belt, you know, Belt has been a pretty good offensive player, on base guy. He still has power, but you know, even he had declining numbers last year. Crawford, uh, real big declining numbers, and then Posey, who's been hurt and coming back from injury. Um, you know, pretty much not even a power hitter anymore. So, you know, the question is, can the Giants get something out of these guys? Because these guys have the big contracts. They're going to be around. They're going to be in the middle of the lineup uh, on days that they play. There could be a lot more platooning even with these guys this year. And uh, the Giants have hired three new hitting coaches. And uh, the hitting group, as, as they are called, uh, have already been working with some of these guys down in Arizona. Uh, and one of the interesting questions uh, I can't wait to ask uh, at Media Day for FanFest and as the season goes on is what kind of adjustments uh, these uh, players have been asked to make uh, to try to get them to kind of unlock whatever hitting they might have left. N- none of these guys are, are old, old men. I mean, they're all in their early 30s, and uh, we know now that that's not – that's the beginning of the decline time. I mean, it used to be considered decline time was age 33, 34, whatever. Now we know it's it's a little younger, and uh, it'll be interesting to find out uh, how receptive these guys are to listening to, you know, a bunch of new new age hitting coaches talking about biomechanics and all that, what kind of adjustments they're willing to make, and, and how well they can adapt to them. And I think a lot of fans think that this is really the the number one question for the Giants this year but I I don't I put it at number three um, and uh, we will have uh, number questions number two and questions number one for the Giants and A's we still got those to go and we will get to them right after this get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Henry Shulman back with Susan Slusser on the joint A's Plus and Giant Splash podcast. We've been talking about the five key questions for both teams Going into spring training, we've gotten through number three, four, and five. And Susan, your number two question going into spring training, uh, this is a big one. Is Chris Davis okay? Yeah, you know, 
it's kind of, I always try to be very kind of specific about what to look for in spring training. And usually you wouldn't think Chris Davis is somebody that the, the A's would even be thinking about during spring training, right? I mean, he's not, there's no job to win. Uh, but this year, I think everybody just in and around the A's needs to know, is he okay? He had that side injury he incurred in late May last year and just was not the same after that. He tried to play through it a little bit, maybe come back a little too soon. I think his timing got thrown off. There were scouts who said all year, look, he still looks hurt to me. The A's staff and the coach, the coaching staff, the training staff, they all said throughout the year, no, no, he's. Uh, we would not be sending our highest paid, biggest asset 40 homer guy out there if he's hurt. We just wouldn't. I believe that. I think his timing got thrown off, and then his confidence got shaken, and it was just one of those deadly spirals. He just couldn't get out of it. So he doesn't even wind up hitting 247, which that might be the I know. What, 220? Yeah. So, you you know, if you're the A's, you want to see Chris Davis come out and, and hit a few balls out of the park pretty early on and maybe get into a little groove just to kind of put everyone's minds at rest. He doesn't even have to hit 247 for the A's. He just needs to hit 40 homers. <laughs> Go back to 48 now. Yeah, he needs to protect the, the guys in front of him and, and uh, be on base for Yeah, for I mean, over so. 130 home runs in the 2016, 17, and 18 seasons. The Giants would like to trade for yeah. him, I've learned. Yeah, most teams would. <laughs> so, uh, Henry, how is uh, the Giants rotation shaping up for your number two question? And I think a lot of people probably are wondering that. Yeah, you know, uh, I think this is probably what you would consider the area of strength right now for the Giants. And then the point of my asking this is the number two question. Uh, it's not just because uh, it can keep a team competitive if you have a good rotation, but, you know, as we saw last year with uh, Farhan Zaidi, I mean, the Giants are still in a rebuild mode, and I think he would like nothing more than to uh, see some great performances out of guys like Johnny Cueto and Jeff Samarja, uh, maybe even newcomers like Drew Smiley and Kevin Gausman, possibly to trade them and get more uh, youth, uh, get more Jalen Davises and um, – uh, Mauricio Dubon's and uh, so you have to go into the season with sort of that mindset if you're a Giants fan uh, there are multiple reasons you want uh, the rotation to be solid uh, but you know you conceivably the Giants could kind of you know uh, maintain a, a decent level of play if the rotation holds forth and you're going to have Johnny Cueto at the top Jeff Samarja number two uh, or it could be the other way around. Uh, and Gabe Kapler said that Drew Smiley and Gausman, Kevin Gausman, or he pretty much has said they're going to be the number three and four starters. And then you have a whole host of, of candidates for, for number five. You know, you have uh, Logan Webb, the rookie. You have Tyler Webb, who's, you know, not young anymore, but in, in innings-wise, he's, he's still young. Uh, you have Tyler Anderson, who's a big wild card, former Rockies left-hander, who's coming back from knee surgery. You have prospects like Sean Jelly, uh, who could come quick, uh, Seth Corey, uh, who could come quick. So um, I, I think that it, it, it's kind of uh, always been a giant strength, pretty much, going into spring training, not have to worry too much about the rotation. And it might be that way, too. And I, I think in a year like this where the offense is in, in question, I think that you know it's as, it's as important as as any other year, um, and uh, you know I, I I think that's true for the Giants. It's it's true for the A's, um, and uh, you know it, there's another question uh, as we go to your number one question for the, the A's going into 2020. Do we need some fanfare here or something? Uh, I, I, I don't know. What question? I don't know. Could, should I flip another coin? I don't know. Um, yeah, the, the number one question, this is something, I, I didn't put it on my list for the Giants, but uh, you could ask the same question, but for the A's, 
kind of a key position. Who's going to play second base? Yeah, this is this is the one real question. Honestly, I kind of struggled to even come up with four more. <laughs> this is this is the one. The rest of the lineup is set. Uh, but the A's are really right-handed he- heavy. They're one left-handed hitting regulars, Matt Olson. That's it. So the A's would love a left-handed hitting catcher. That, to me, tells says Tony Kemp probably has the inside track here. The A's acquired him last month. Um, that'll be interesting. He was on the 2017 Astros team. <laughs> so uh, I think there will be some comfort conversations in the clubhouse about that at that dun, time. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, he guys got a, he's got a good reputation. He's always been a, one of those thorn in the A's side kind of guys seems to come up with big hits against Oakland. So I think, you know, it's one of those, well, you look at the metrics and go like, well, maybe not necessarily an impressive, uh, possibility for this position. Um, but I think the A's front office went like, Oh, yeah, we know that guy. We know who that guy is. So he might have a little bit of an inside edge, but Franklin Barreto and Jorge Mateo are out of options. Both came over in huge trades. Obviously, Barreto, the one remaining piece from the Donaldson deal. Uh, Mateo, part of the Sonny Gray deal. Um, lightning fast. Has not played in the big leagues. Barreto has gotten some chances, but never really was allowed to sort of settle in and play every day. Uh, so they are also possibilities. Sheldon Noisy looked really good in, at times in September as a call-up, but he has options left. All three of them are right-handed. And Vimal Amashin, the A's acquired as a Rule 5 guy. There's that 26th man spot. I suspect he might have an inside track for the 26th man spot. He's left-handed hitting. If you want a utility guy who's left-handed hitter to go along with Chad Pinder, who's a right-handed hitter, maybe that's a spot for him. So uh, a lot of things to look at. Some big-name guys from the A's prospect list. And Tony Kemp, a former Astro, uh, plus a Rule 5 guy. That is the big question mark. And, you know, hey, it's the A's. They could sign somebody or pick somebody up during spring training. We've certainly seen it before. They talked about the to the Mets, as I reported during the winter meetings, about Jed Lowry. Uh, if the Mets were willing to pick up a lot of that contract, which I'm not sure they are, I could see that happening. He's a switch hitter. The A's know him. That would be a, an interesting little reunion. You know you know, Billy will bring him back at, at some point. Now, Henry, your number one question, uh, da, 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 I'll do the fanfare for you. <laughs> what, what is on tap? Um, you mean, uh, is the, is for question number one, my question number one is, is the Giants best player for 2020, even in the organization? Uh, and I, I tell you what, I've been doing these five questions like you have, uh, I mean, going back to the days where we used to write these out longhand in old English calligraphy, uh, and send them out to the scribes for proofreading. Um, and, and I've never asked a question like this uh, in the five questions, but, you know, we, we saw it. For number one. For number one. We saw with Farhan Zaidi last year. He's a tinkerer. I mean, he will. he's not afraid to use the waiver wire. He's not afraid to change the roster at any time. And, you know, I mean, with so much talk before last season and into spring training about who's going to hit where and who's going to do what, and, and then the two best players on the team ended up being uh, Mike Yastrzemski, who they signed like the, as they were packing their bags, leaving Scottsdale for home. Uh, and then Kevin Pillar they traded for uh, in the first week of the season. And, and they ended up um, being the, the, the two best hitters on the team. And so I think the key here is that you, you can't go into spring. I, see, I always see 
uh, people putting projected lineups out there and projected win totals and all that. But how, how do you know when um, it's quite possible that, uh, you know, there's a player out there that the Giants have been eyeing who might end up on waivers with another team or the Giants have been talking trade with a team, but they can't get the trade done until the season begins, which is what the case was with Pilaro last year. And, and that's what makes this kind of a rebuild sort of interesting. And um, I, I, I think that the Giants would love to be in a position where the number one question would be who's going to play second base. Um, because right now the Giants' number one question is who's going to play anywhere and um, you know who's going to be actually paying meal money in spring training to the guy who uh, might end, end up being their number one player. And with that, we have... Um, gone through the five questions, and um, I appreciate this, Susan. This is a lot of fun. Um, let's do this again. Yeah, well, you mentioned tinkerers, Henry. We are both lucky enough to cover teams that tinker a ton, so I think that will engender a lot of conversations. I look forward to our next one. Yeah, we should. I mean, uh, we, I should either, either come to Mesa this spring, or you can come to Scottsdale, or we could meet in a demilitarized zone. How about that? <laughs> Wow, where is that? Tempe? Tempe is it? Yeah, the, <laughs> Tempe is the demilitarized zone. Okay, Susan, great talking to you. Fantastic. Thank you all for listening, and stay tuned for many more Giant Splash and Ace Plus podcasts from spring training, which begins this week in Arizona. Giant Splash is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor in chief. Follow me on Twitter at Hank Schulman. Or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. Support Giant Splash and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions available. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.